0: What a world! Welcome, and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's BloggingTheBoys the boys.com My name is Arjo Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB. and from Radio. Your humble host, Don the Ocho. It is Thursday, June twenty third, two thousand and twenty two. We hope all is well with you. Are we hope you are happy, safe, healthy. And shout out to the Houston Astros for sweeping the New York Mets. I know it's only a two game series, but still, a sweep is a sweep. A series is a series. Astros just taking care of all the New York teams starting tonight. Cannot wait to see them in the concrete jungle where dreams are made of. But different subject there. We're here to talk about football uh, and here to talk about something that well, I find this very interesting. I, I hope that you find it interesting, obviously. Um, huge shout-out to John Oning of PFF, really of a lot of places. Uh, John Rules, a great friend of the show, great friend of Blog and the Boys. On Twitter at John Oning. It was actually on Twitter, twitter.com, that is. Um, I don't know what other Twitter there would be. But uh, on Twitter on Wednesday that John started a really interesting discussion. I don't know that it was really a debate. Um but definitely a discussion uh, about Jason Witten, which is what we're here to talk about today because you read the title of the episode. Um, what does is, what is Jason Witten's Hall of Fame candidacy look like? Because I think Jason Witten is a Hall of Famer, right? And, and his time will come, right? Jason Witten technically just spent his first year in retirement. You have to be retired for five consecutive years to be eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, And obviously, Witten unretired and came back and played the 2020 season with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. So last year was technically his first official year out. So we got four more to go before he's eligible uh, for enshrinement in Canton, Ohio. Will he be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't think so. Um, You know, this, this subject kind of kind of came back up again this week because of a different tight end who has now retired multiple times in Rob Gronkowski um you know it's it's my personal opinion that Gronk is the greatest tight end to ever live uh I tweeted that out uh shout out to our friends at Pat's Pulpit uh SB Nation's home for New England Patriots content I think Gronk is the most talented tight end to ever live play however you want to put it He's amazing. I mean, we've never seen anything like Gronk. I understand that Jason Witten was a different kind of tight end, and there's all sorts of tight ends that have played over the course of NFL history. Um, but but I think that when it comes to the idea – and, and I want to be clear. I used to believe that Jason Witten was a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? I really did. And I don't know exactly – what happened that that my mindset on that kind of shifted Um, I think he will one day wear a gold jacket and have a bronze bust but I think he will have to wait a little bit and I I think some of that is the politics involved with the Hall of Fame but I wanted to kind of talk it out and flesh it out and, and sort of review his case so Currently, Jason Witten, um, by the way, we're going to be using a fantastic tool from Pro Football Reference that I'll explain in a bit. But currently, uh, PFR has Jason Wynn listed as having played more games than any other tight end in NFL history. He has Tony Gonzalez, a.k.a. Togo, one of my favorite nicknames, um, beat by one game. Now, Mercedes Lewis was actually in the news this week. Um, Mercedes Lewis is currently sitting on 234 games Um he has said that he wants to ultimately pass this mark or uh, had some comment, had some quote along those lines. So we'll see. Maybe Witten is dethroned there. but um, So that's number of games played. There's no question that Jason Witten's career is amazing given the overall uh, time. And and I think that that's true for a lot of great tight ends. When you look at Togo, you look at Antonio Gates, obviously Gronk's um, career is I don't want to say way down. I mean, I think his career is, again, the best of any tight end all time. But if there's one thing you can say about Rob Gronkowski, it's that he didn't play forever and he obviously retired and he's missed a lot of time. But that makes... To me, his accomplishments all the more impressive. So, if we look at tight ends in NFL history by way of receptions, Jason Witten ranks second. Tony Gonzalez is number one, 1,325. Jason Witten has 1,228. They're the only two tight ends in NFL history with over a 1,000 catches. Again, I want to be very clear here that I do believe Jason Witten belongs in the Hall of Fame. Antonio Gates is third, with 955. Shannon Sharp has 815. We're talking about now two players in the Hall of Fame with Tony Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp. Greg Olson, the current Fox number one analyst is fifth with 742 Jimmy Graham 713 Travis Kelsey climbing up the ladder has 704 Ozzie Newsome 662 Zach Ertz I think people don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to uh, 635 Rob Gronkowski 621 and Heath Miller a longtime Pittsburgh Steelers tight end, 592 that's the cutoff that I'm stopping at because that's what pro football reference deems an average Hall of Fame tight end. This is such a great tool uh, from PFR. You can just kind of play around with this. Um, they have a metric that kind of calculates the overall career of different players, uh, and, and you know, the metric is is used. Uh, in fact, I'll just read their verbiage. That's why I got a little bit tongue-tied. Um, this is a metric designed to estimate a player's chances of making the Pro Football Hall of Fame using AV, associated value, Pro Bowls, All-Pros, Championships, and various stat milestones. The players listed below uh, that I'm looking at here at the top 250 Hall of Fame uh, monitored rated players who played tight end starting in 1955 or later for at least 50 career games. A score of 100 is around the average modern modern era inductee. Excuse me. So, not all of these players meet that criteria, um, but that is where the average Hall of Fame tight end kind of ends as far as receptions um, in NFL history. Um, an average Hall of Fame tight end has 588 receptions uh, going off of PFR's math here, um, and so all of the players that I talked about have more than that. If we move to yards, and you know, I'll kind of you know clue you in on, on this range here, Tony Gonzalez has the most receiving yards of any tight end, has a little bit over 15,000, Jason Witten just north of 13,000, Antonio Gates Almost hit 12,000, 11,841. Um, Shannon Sharp barely hit 10,000. He has 10,060 career receiving yards. Rob Gronkowski just shy, 90, almost 300. Uh, Travis Kelsey has 9,000. Again, fully expect him to hit 10,000 career receiving yards before it's all said and done, especially with um, Tyree Kill now out of the fold there in Kansas City. Greg Olson, again, I, I think we kind of over or sleep on Greg Olson's career a little bit here. Um, I think he's one of the best color analysts in the game. He was a fantastic player, um, obviously, being a part of those. Cam Newton Panthers teams really helped, but 8,000, almost 8,700 receiving yards, Jimmy Graham, 8,500, Ozzie Newsom almost 8,000. Jackie Smith, I know uh, who is in the Hall of Fame, along with Ozzie Newsom, by the way, just south of 8,000. The average Hall of Fame tight end has 76,56, 7,656 receiving yards. Jason Witten has almost double that. I mean, has 13,000. If we move now to touchdowns, this is where uh, a lot of tight ends have, have Witten. I say a lot, but uh, some tight ends have Jason Witten beat Antonio Gates. You might be stunned to know it is not Tony Gonzalez who has the most uh, receiving touchdowns in NFL history for a tight end. Antonio has 116. Shout out to anybody who had him on any fantasy team. It was always a lot of fun. Tony Gonzalez, the only other one in the Century Club, though. He has 111, so just behind Antonio. Gronk finished with 92, which is amazing. I mean, you really think, um, think, think about this. I mean... Antonio Gates played 190 games, Tony Gonzalez played 254, I'm sorry, Antonio Gates played 236 games, I'm sorry, I know, 190 was weird, Uh, 236 games for Antonio Gates, 270 games for Tony Gonzalez, only 143 games. For Rob Gronkowski, that's just again what makes his career amazing. Um, when you really, he almost played half as many games as Jason Witten. And so uh, Gronk's third with 92 receiving touchdowns. Jimmy Graham has 85. Jason Witten is in fifth place with 74. Vernon Davis, who we have not mentioned yet, uh, has 63. If we go all the way down, there are some tight ends that that show up here. Dallas Clark gets in on the mix. The average Hall of Fame tight end has 52 receiving touchdowns. And so you know, this is not exactly a position that is you know ripe with huge statistical numbers obviously the nfl has become a bigger i was gonna say bigger but a a larger uh passing or the the passing frequency has grown is maybe proper english uh, way to say that but Getting back to the tool I mentioned, the Pro Football Reference Hall of Fame Monitor, which is the metric here, the the one that I read out, that uh, a score of 100 is around the average modern era inductee. These are the only tight ends with a score of 100 or higher. Again, around 100 is your general Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, Tony Gonzalez has an HOFM of 195.43. I mean, <laughs> like the most insane, just tight end career. Some of that is just the longevity of it. I mean, again, you know, played 270 games, 13,000 or 15,000 yards, 1,300 receptions, 111 touchdowns. I mean, his career is amazing. Shannon Sharp has a score of 114 and a quarter. So well, well, well below. It's Tony Gonzalez and then a massive gap. Uh, Shannon Sharp. I know that, you know, and and, and third here, by the way, is Antonio Gates, a score of 113.63. Dave Casper has a score of 111.62. Rob Gronkowski has a score of ninety-eight point seventy-two, and I recognize that he is behind a lot of players in certain statistical categories. But if you took my, my point, my contention, just very quickly, is a tangent. If you took the prime versions of all these players, nobody's as good as Gronk. Nobody. That's my contention. But um, Jason Witten has a score of 104.72. Um, for what it's worth, um, other Hall of Fame tight ends, Kellen Winslow is 96.36, Aussie Newsom's 80.75, Travis Kelsey's already at 86.40, by the way. Jackie Smith, 78.04, John Mackey, 76.52, Mike Ditka, shout out, uh, 62.59, and Charlie Sanders, one of my favorite Hall of Fame speeches of all time, 61.58. So, In so many senses, Jason Witten meets the criteria of being a Pro Football Hall of Famer, right? Like we we can all recognize that. We can all look at his, you know, the longevity of his career, yards, receptions, you know, touchdowns. He's a little bit lacking compared to everybody else. Where Witten, I think is a little bit different where he kind of separates himself, at least from the Tony Gonzalez, the Shannon Sharps, Antonio Gates, certainly Rob Gronkowski, Kellen Winslow, Travis Kelsey, even um, is, he was kind of, as far as his playing days, an all-around tight end, right? Like your vintage classic tight end. These other tight ends are your more aerial, you know, wide receiver playing tight end, you know, just physical freak. Um, you know, not, that, not to say that Witten wasn't a weapon at the passing game, but you get my point. And there's an obvious difference between him and the other sort of class of tight ends or, or version variant of tight end. And so I think that that will hurt him. I, I think that, you know, when when we, now that we have all this, we've laid out the math here. I know that was a, you know, you had to listen to me read a bunch of numbers here. Now now we're just now we're just free willing. Now we're just talking. Um I think that there are some things that are going to hurt Jason Witten because of the way that the Pro Football Hall of Fame works. And I, I know I started by saying that I used to think he was a first ballot Hall of Famer and I don't know when that changed. And maybe, maybe as I got older, maybe as, as we've seen more Hall of Fame classes go on, maybe that Darren Woodson's still waiting. Maybe that Demarcus Ware was denied entry in his first year of eligibility. I think that you know, I, I had a conversation on Twitter with John Owning and Mike White, um, not the not the quarterback, um, great friend of Cowboys Twitter um, at not to be tried on Twitter, and I think that so much about the Hall of Fame is presentation, right? Is reputation, and I think that Jason Witten's reputation was hurt by unretiring. I said this at the time. If you think back to Jason Witten's first retirement, remember he had the like the parade through the star. I mean, it was like a thousand people, you know, there to celebrate him, uh, and it was a really kind of stressful, you know, emotional time for the Cowboys in the early days of 2018. They were coming off of a super actually if we rewind the, rewind the clock a little bit. At the end of the 2016 season when the Cowboys lost to Mike McCarthy's Packers, there was all the chatter about Witten then, will he retire? There was chatter that Brandon Carr might retire, right? Remember before he left for the Baltimore Ravens. Um You know, came back for 2017, and that was such a bad year for the Cowboys. You know, finishing nine and seven and missing out on the playoffs. Just Eagles went to the Super Bowl. It was just not a good vibe. And so, Witten's retirement was so abrupt that it actually. I think we all just kind of like. Partly suppress what happened because it was so weird. Um, he retires. He's going to Monday Night Football, and and he re- and all that happened at the same time that the Cowboys released Dez Bryant. So it was this like really emotionally charged era uh, or month moment in Dallas Cowboys history, and certainly recent Cowboys history. And so, Witten has this huge parade through the Star. Jay- jason garrett you know chokes up when talking about the the y option and 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 you know then des Bryant because he had just been released it was really really emotional and i've i've long said that if you cannot be the person who wins the super bowl you want to be the person as far as your legacy who the team let down all right because that smiles kinder on you as history grows and grows and grows and grows and i don't mean this in any sort of negative way but Chances are you have gotten in a debate online or seen debates online surrounding Tony Romo. Right? Let's just use him as one example. Tony Romo is regarded by many Dallas Cowboys fans, and in most ways, this is objectively sound, as the player who the team let down. Right? Jerry let him down. Steven let him down. Jason Garrett let him down. Everybody let Tony Romo down. He was good enough. And all of that is true. So if you can't be the person who wins a Super Bowl, you want to be the team as far as the protection of your legacy who the team let down down. And Jason Witten was in that camp. When he first retired in 2018, it was, man, this team wasted. Tony Romo and Jason Witten, they had these all-time careers. Jason Witten's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's going to be first ballot. That's what RJ's saying. Blah, 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 blah. And the team let them down. The team didn't surround them with enough talent. The team didn't do enough. The team didn't make the right moves. The team, the team, the team, the team let them down. Jason Witten retired you know, again, you don't want to be that. You'd rather be the person who wins a lot of Super Bowls, of course. But he retired as part of that group. Then he unretired, and I'm glossing over, you know, the awful Monday Night Football experience. And I don't think that that should factor into his Hall of Fame candidacy by any you know stretch. But it does factor into people's perception of him, right? I do think that Jason Wynn was regarded as this, like, you know, I don't know how non-Cowboys fans regarded him, but it wasn't the way that they regarded him once he became a uh, you know, a color analyst, right, like, he really, you know, he lost a lot of whatever favor he had in people's minds, or, like, the, you know, he was the guy who, who was a bit of a klutz in the booth, and so, okay, so he gets past that, right, you know, and he comes back, and now, now you're really putting yourself in jeopardy, if you're the person who comes back, and and Gronk is is the opposite example, and that really hurts his Cowboys fans because Gronk comes back, and by the way, he did one Super Bowls already. But Gronk comes out of retirement, and boom, wins the Super Bowl, catches a touchdown of the Super Bowl. Like Gronk comes back and shows and flexes, like I still got it. I'm a big reason why my team is winning Super Bowls. Jason Witten shows up for one last season with the Cowboys in 2019. It's like okay, you're coming out of the booth. You know what what's this even going to look like here? And it was all this talk about I'm not going to get in the way. You know whatever. Only for him to come in and, and basically be the starters this kind of you know puts off these maybe not bad but maybe awkward vibes and that noise bear is now wanting to get super comfortable on the couch thank you bear um that was the season we got bear maybe that's what this is we got you in 2019 buddy i know um but so you come back jason Wynn, and that's a really awkward season for the cowboys right like that's a super awkward clunky season and not just an awkward and clunky season but it's the season that leads to jason garrett not, you know, you can't call it being fired because of the way the Cowboys handled it, but not being brought back, whatever. And so all of that really kind of... I don't, I don't, I don't think worsened, but you know, it took some of the shine off of the way he first left, and so then it's okay. Well, you came back. Thank you, Bear, again for getting all loud. You come back. You do all this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now the Cowboys are bringing in a new coach. They're bringing in Mike McCarthy. Dez caught it, third and twenty. Jared Cook, on and on and on, and they don't even want you back. You know, like I think that that hurt the presentation of Jason Witten's career. So he goes to the Raiders, and that team is whatever. I mean, it was an awkward end. I I think that basically everything from 2017 on really – impacted Jason Witten's recent legacy and those things matter that's it's dumb but that's the way the Pro Football Hall of Fame works and if you don't believe me just consider that Darren Woodson and Demarcus Ware are not in it and so I do think that Jason Witten will get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame at some point he deserves to be in there but I don't think it'll be for a spot I think people are going there is a tax that that you could argue Demarcus Ware is already experiencing but that current cowboys cowboys of the most of the I don't know last 20 years are going to have to pay and by that I mean people voters are going to look at them and say and it's a team game so don't come at me but people are going to look at at Jason Witten and say he never even played on a team that went to the NFC championship game right like you know he never even played on a on a a team that you know (laughs) that didn't collapse that's part of it and you know again Witten is Very deserving of being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But the political elements that go into all this, I think, really hold things back a little bit. And beyond all of that, I think that we're a little bit rosier as Cowboys fans on his career than other people. I I mean, and, and that's a hard thing to admit, but he was not the same sort of weapon... And, and I know that his career statistics sort of counter this idea, but he was not the same sort of weapon as these other tight ends. He has the career longevity, which certainly speaks to how great he was. And again, he has a rightful place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but I do think he's going to have to wait a little bit. It's just, it's a weird thing. Um, it doesn't help him, again, that, that Rob Gronkowski has basically half of the career that he does and retired, you know, twice just like him. And, and you know has all these other accolades that that Witten doesn't and that's unfortunate and and I do think that Witten is still a player who the Cowboys let down just like Tony Romo and DeMarcus Ware we could name so many players I mean you know I, I mean I don't even have the time to name all these players Des Bryant, Dan Bailey, you could argue Tyron Smith and you know Zach Martin I mean Brady James like we'd go forever but I I think he'll get in but I think it'll it'll take some time because sometimes that's just that's the way the prophet of him goes so yeah thanks for hanging out with me I had fun. I hope you did too. Uh, shout out once again to John Owning who inspired this idea. Um, we got new episodes, a new episode of Riled Up coming your way later on today with Roy White and Tom Rile. tomorrow. A new episodes of Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray as well as a new episode of The Star seminar with Danny Phantom and Rabble Rouser on Saturday un nuevo episodio de Cowboys hoy con Mauricio Rodriguez and by the way I believe Mauricio interviewed Isaac Alarcón so really looking forward to checking that out myself go check him out on Twitter at Mao, MAUNFL to see that I believe it's in the Spanish but still very much worth your time um, on Sunday new episode of the world's team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart so um, yeah we're looking forward to training camp around here with all that being said, I hope you have the greatest Thursday of all time. I hope you have the best Thursday ever. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you many out my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.